You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is Black Hollywood Live, Geek Nerd Tech. Featuring a weekly roundup of tech news and gossip. Black Hollywood Live, Hollywood redefined. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live, Geek Nerd Tech. Yo! That's us. That's us. We're the host of Black Hollywood Live, Geek Nerd Tech on Black Hollywood Live, I should say. GNT on BHL. It's me, uh, Joe Braswell. I'm here as always with the light skinned Gordon Parks, Achilles Shine. Thank you, sir. Glad to be here. Yes. And, uh, the Latino, uh, Parkin. Yeah. <laughs> Latino Gordon from Sesame Street. <laughs> Nando Velasquez. What's up? I just want to give you a different thing to say. The Puerto Rican, the Puerto Rican Gordon. Well, Gordon, I think it was Puerto Rican in Sesame Street. Was he? So nah. you're redundant. He was Latino. Oh, no, no, Gordon wasn't. Gordon's right. black. No, I'm thinking Luis. See? Yeah. I didn't even know you're Sesame Street. Get out of here. Some, what kind of nerd are you? Dang. And then, uh, and of course, for me, I'm the, the, the dark skinned dude in the park. Dude in the park. I don't know. Dude in the park. <laughs> Shocky <laughs> thing. What dude? What kind of dude? I don't know, man. I'm afraid. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's worked out. Right. But we do have a guest. We have a guest in studio. Our very first guest on Geek Nerd Tech is uh, a, a, good, a good friend of ours and also a wonderful, talented producer. Uh, his name is Radio. Radio Johnson. How you doing, man? It's good, man. How y'all doing? Good, 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 good man. Yes, sir. Uh, we're going to get to you a little later in the show. We're going to do like a full you know, deep dive interview and find out all things radio. Oh, uh, okay. So I got to wait. Right. You need okay. to be cool. But we're going to jump all into right. our topics, our, our, our sort of what we like, our tech stories of the week, our nerd stories of the week, our geek stories of the week. You can comment. You can jump in if you want to okay. talk about that. There's a few things that jumped out this week. I know one of the things we talked about, Nando, um, you had the story about the woman uh, who had some trouble with her Google Glass. She had some trouble. Actually, the police had some trouble with her Google Glass. Right. So uh, this is in the papers yesterday. It's it's going to probably end up being a major story, uh, legislation wise, and and just for anyone that's into into new technology. Uh, the, a woman who is testing Google Glass. It's not for sale yet. It's being tested nationwide uh, around the country for entry into the marketplace. She uh, lives out in San Diego in Temecula, and she was pulled over yesterday and given a ticket, a citation mm. for uh, for driving with the Google Glass. Uh. So yeah, so it, it actually comes. Well, let me read the exact citation because well, yeah, uh, driving with the Google Glass. She was driving with the on, Google Glass, but not but not the device wasn't on. Uh, well, how can you tell? Thank you. That's the point. If I'm the arresting officer, how can I tell if it's on or off? That's the point. Well, that's a good point. And that's probably something that her lawyer, if she's going to fight this, is going to probably talk about that right. the cops probably couldn't tell. But however, if you look at the, there's actually a little photo of the device, you can see some glass in front of an eye and maybe a little bit. It, it depends on what is she seeing, I suppose. I mean, you know, shout out to our law enforcement officers. I, you know, my, my friend Jamie Jefferson, all those, all those yeah. people doing hard work in law enforcement, but that is a bullshit. You got to think. You got to think. She wasn't pulled over for having the device on. She was pulled over for speeding. So when he walked up to the car, oh, okay. he sees like what, this device on. Okay, I take like, that back. Never like, mind. I take that back. Law enforcement yeah. officers. Well, <laughs> don't, she, don't, don't pull me over yeah. today. Wait, no, that is a good point. She was she was being stopped for suspicion on speeding first. Okay, and then she was given an additional citation for the Google Glass. And here it comes from violation of California vehicle code code. 27602, for those of you who know 
Those numbers. Right. Uh, that makes it illegal to drive a motor vehicle if a television receiver, a video monitor, or a television or video screen, or any other means of visually displaying a television broadcast or video signal that produces entertainment or business applications is operating and is located in the motor vehicle at a point forward of the back of the driver's seat. Or is operating and the monitor screen or display is visible to the driver while driving the motor vehicle. So pretty much it's just saying if it's in front of you. You just read the whole DMV handbook. That was good. No, riveting radio. That's that's not the whole DMV handbook. (laughs) There's a loophole in there. That's not. I'm sure there's a loophole. There's a loophole. uh, People want to know. Look, hey, on my way driving here, I saw some guy with his cell phone just holding on to it. And that is a ticket. And yet he's on the, he's on the, the, what what, was favorite? The 101. Uh Driving clear as day, talking, having a conversation, doesn't give a crap. Who's watching? Well, I think that's the argument. Like, what's what defines a distraction? Because a distraction could be your GPS. It could be a passenger yeah. in the car. It could well, be you, you turning on the radio. You won't get a ticket for your GPS if it's on the side. And there are other devices that are used. I mean, kids, you have kids' monitors. Uh, if you have a kid sitting in the front, I'm sure you have a monitor for the kid and playing an iPad or whatever. But this is something that's directly hooked on your on your eyeglasses or on your over your ears. And what are the applications for Google Glass? This has not even come out. There are actually, uh, I don't have the list right now, but there are a few states that are already... Uh, creating legislation against well, Google Glass, against driving with Google Glass specifically. Was it streaming a television signal? Yeah, you could be. You should be watching Frasier. Yeah. Or yeah. <laughs> but, but the argument, the if argument she, is, if you're looking at a GPS monitor versus right. having the GPS monitor in your Google Glass, what's the difference? Well, there's no difference. Well, the, the question is, is, is this a California legislation or is this a is this a municipal legislation like California Temecula or is this from is this from statewide? Well, that that uh, code that I read that you were sleeping during that yes. uh, that code is California code. Kind of However, pretty much uh, for California law, pretty right. much all states have similar legislation as far as cell phones are concerned, right. as far as texting for example uh they all have very similar legislation what, 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 there are the states what, what's the what's the vehicle code number uh god i took it away it's like right, 27606 yeah. it I sounds believe. like if, 27602 Ooh, close. if it was not uh from what you just read if it was not broadcasting a television signal then it sounds like it wouldn't qualify under it, it that particular code it sounds uh, like a loophole to me it's a it's an all kinds of loopholes and i don't know the cop like that's a really overzealous police officer who pulls you over for speeding and sees it what's what, what are you wearing there Oh, it's my Google Glass. Oh, mm-hmm. 27252. And that's why I think it's a marketing ploy. I think she deliberately was driving fast so she could get pulled over oh. with the Google Glass on so they can get a lot of press about Genius. it. Genius. You think oh. it's a press thing? Absolutely. Genius. I mean, because oh. think about it. Think about it. There's only about, what, 15,000 Google Glass products that are out. 15,000 or 30,000, I think I read. It costs 1,500. I think she's helping to promote it. Straight Look, up. You know, either way, for the devices that we have out now, there are, let's be honest, there are people who abuse it. There are yeah. people who drive, and they're driving while they're texting. You see it. You can kind right. of tell. They, they think they're really sly, you know, but you could see the look down. <laughs> if you're looking right. at them, look down, look back up, look down. I, I was talking yesterday, uh, last week's show, about um, GPS on your phone, and I love Waze. But tr- truth is, in order for me to drive with Waze on, if I want to pay attention, I got one hand on the steering wheel. I got one hand over the stick shift, right. uh, you know, resting my hand on so I can look at the phone. So we use these applications when we're driving. And right. they're not necessarily the safest things to do. But now we're talking about a device. And, yeah, we don't know what's being played on the Google Glass. But then why the hell do you have it on? Well, this is my, this is, we talked about wearable technology last week or the week before. And the, so the pro- proliferation of wearable technology and where it's going. And this is the whole point. It's not just going to be about Google Glass over one eye. You'll pretty soon you'll have glasses and sunglasses and some Robocop visor and shit. Like something, it's going to be all kind of things. Mm-hmm. And you don't know whether it's, yeah, what if, what, this is, uh, seems like it's a good thing if you have your Waze app 
in your Google Glass, and yeah. you can overlay the traffic. You can do, ooh, oh, was that you? Breaking news. Oh, I thought, I thought the news dropped the, news I thought the news dropped the, uh, sound effect on us. It's an incident, LAX. Yeah. Okay. Breaking Sorry. news. But yeah, so there's all that, but obviously you don't want to be watching a movie or watching, you know, uh, the, you know, the, the latest episode of Breaking Bad or whatever. Even yeah. Though, even well, you know, dead. I mean, one thing that's been brought up, and this has just been brought up, uh, amongst the media is it, it would be really interesting if, and we should talk, uh, if we're not talking about this, we should talk about this too, uh, that they should have like an airplane mode for Google Glass, a car right. mode. Uh, mm-hmm. for example, my, my app ways that I talked about last week, the GPS one, if I am driving and I got to change directions really quick and I got to input something, it won't let me. It'll say the car is moving. I could tell the car is moving. Right. Are you a pa- First, it asks, are you a passenger? If you're a passenger, you can input. If you're not, then pay attention right. to the road. So, of course, you can cheat and say, yeah, I'm a passenger and, right. and still do it. What but you at do. least I'm not, say, I'm not saying I right. do that. But, uh, <laughs> but at least there's a safety there. Right. So right now, with all the applications for Google Glass that are being created, some that we don't even know about, I, I agree there are probably some really good applications for Google Glass that involve driving. I'm sure there probably will be. However, until we actually can figure out how to keep uh, this technology in a way that people don't abuse it. And when I say abuse it, I mean, you know, again, we just feel like, uh, we always feel like our, our, our shit's special. Yeah. Oh, but, you're mean, not supposed to text and drive. Oh, but I'm late for something, so I gotta text while I'm driving. You know, everyone I, has an excuse. I think anything more enhanced than texting and driving would be more of a detriment to the road. Like, it only takes a second. A second of looking down and yeah. boom, something, sh- some shit can happen and you kill somebody. Yeah. So, so like, to have, to have a device, exactly, to have a device on your head that you're seeing visuals running across your eye yeah. like that's hella distracting that could right. be like, yeah and what about for the people that you know blazing up right before and then you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well that's a totally different subject <laughs> <laughs> exactly. then you get written up for a few tickets right, right. <laughs> it might be distracting that's for a, you that's a different type of glass <laughs> <laughs> definitely uh, I don't know. I, it's maybe distracting for you, Akili, but I can handle it. Okay, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a multitasker. The no. ultimate multitasker. But don't right. be surprised if we see legislation. It's not just the U.S. Uh, England's also looking for uh, legislation right now against Google Glass while driving. Cool. So All right. it's yeah. something to be this, aware of. This photo is killing me. This, 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 this <laughs> the ultimate early early adapter right here. Early adopter. <laughs> he's got a Tesla and a Google Glass. <laughs> like he's how anyway. many screens do you need? Like, uh, no. <laughs> he's like anyway. You know, and in the future, and here's the other thing too. I'm sure in the future. Future cars, we we know it's going to happen. the The windows on the glass are going to be like Google Glass. You'll exactly. get to see yeah. all your information as you're driving. You'll see information pop up like how far to the next gas station or or point. your GPS yeah. or whatever. So Google Glass is just an item that's actually closer to your eye that that could do all that same stuff. All right. Well, let's let's we'll move on to the next thing. But before that, radio. What do you what do you think of wearable technology and and and, and how do how do you what do you think of the whole notion of where we're going with this wearable technology, whether it's watches or glasses or well, I hope that shit gets smaller because that is kind of <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. But, <laughs> it's like you can't you can't hide from that shit. No. Like the police pull you over. Like I saw you. Wearing, no, I, I wasn't wearing it. Like no, I saw that big ass white shit on the side of you. <laughs> but um, no, I think it's kind of cool. I, I always embrace new technology. You know what I'm saying? Like I mean, that's the way it's been for for a really long time. And and you know, some of it might not be the best, but others. Is, I mean, some of the technology is life changing you know what i mean right. and, it, and it makes our life so much you know better easier to enhances the quality of life overall so i mean i'm i'm open and you know to, to different ideas and, and always looking especially with what i do you know always looking forward to the new technology right cool you know? cool cool I, I agree I, I don't run from technology nando 
I'm just kidding. Okay. Speaking of technology, you you got a, a new technology and old technology, something that yes. will sort of revolutionize the way we listen to music and the way music exactly. uh, is being distributed and listened to is now uh, having some trouble. Yeah, the iPod, the great the the great innovative product, MP3 product, the iPod is in decline. Sales since 2008 have been declining. Like there's not a demand for the product and I think because of the the advent of smartphones and tablets, like there's really no usage for mm-hmm. you know the iPod. Like you have you know the iPod Classic, the Touch, the Nano, the Shuffle, and just to think of just like the cultural social relevancy that it has to the marketplace. Like without the iPod, Apple wouldn't be where it is. Yep. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. no. and so it's just interesting how you know fast forward to now, present 2013, people really aren't consuming this product, and I think it's just really interesting. That something that could birth a revolution is now, you know, being. I think buried. that's why Apple jumped into the iPhone because they had that foresight to see, like, you yeah. know, this is where it's going. So while we revolutionized one aspect of it, so now let's re-revolutionize it again yeah. and stay in the game. Yeah, you know, I, I think. mean, that's what I was going to say. I feel like the biggest contributor to the death of the iPad is the people who created the iPad. iPod. Which, which is the iPod, thank you. The, the, the death of the iPod <laughs> is the people who created the iPod, which is Apple, because, you know, they, they created the iPod revolutionized everything, revolutionized where we, we listened to music, carried music around, 10,000 songs in your pocket, all that stuff. But then when the iPhone came out, they, you know, they started, started with, you know, it was first it was four, four gigs, then it was eight gigs and 16. Now it's up to 64 gigs. I mean, on my phone right now, the 64 gig phone, I have almost most of my music on mm-hmm. my phone. Exactly. I have not, no desire to carry iPad around, iPod, mm-hmm. excuse me, iPod around for any reason. I think that... A few years ago, they tried to make it like, oh, both devices. Like, you know, right, maybe right. your kids may want this, and maybe you don't want to buy a phone. Well, maybe and that's you just, just want to listen to music. First of all, I mean, this is talking about the iPod Touch as well as the iPod Classic, right? Yeah, I, every, every, yeah. every iPod, period. All right. Yeah. Talk about uh, any device in your hand that, that is used to st- exclusively stream music. Okay. That's it. Yeah. Well, because the reason why I ask is because I love, I still use it, so maybe that makes me really right. old school. I love my iPod Classic. Right. But you like, still got the disc man it. too, right? What? You still rock the disc I still man got, too. I got the laser disc. This man, I got, disc I, got I got an eight track. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I know, I'm I know, I know you get down already. I'm totally yeah, pimping out. It's fine. I know you I got, get down. I got what do you call those roller things? The player piano roller things that's put yes, in. Yes, you got eight. That's the first. That's the first iPod right there. That's the first iPod right there. Those two. But you love the you love the iPod. Well, no, I mean the iPod Classic is really good for at least I drive a Scion and it's got an iPod hookup and it's just better with the Classic. Plus, it holds more info. The iPod Touch, I agree. I mean, it's something for kids, but kids have phones now. It, it was something for kids when I think Apple felt like kids want the same kind of device, but they don't want, not that they don't want the phone, their parents don't want them to have a phone. But right. kids have phones. Come on, let's face it. It's, it's, it's standard now. So, uh, uh here's a, here's a simple solution. Lower the fucking price. Lower the uh, price of the iPods. I mean, whoa. excuse me, but whoa, the shot, iPod Classic. Apple. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's still, there's still a lot of iPods being sold. Like, this year alone, 26 million were sold. They, they made, they'll probably make 4 billion just off of iPods this year. Yeah. But I think it just speaks to, like, the importance of technology and how when it advances for a company, the term is called cannibalization, where mm. a, a new product eats an old product. Yeah. And it's inevitable because if they don't innovate, someone else, another company is going to innovate. Right. Someone else is going to think of the coolest or the, the next best thing. I and still so, think there are a lot of uses for the iPods. I just, again, I just say, right. I just say lower the price. If you look at the prices, I, I, I didn't research this as much as you, but I know the last time I actually wanted to replace my classic because it's getting old. Yeah. It's the same price right. that it was uh, two right. years ago i felt uh, like they they had the foresight they knew 
like it's almost like I feel like they they had the the iPhone idea first or something. You know what I mean? Like they knew like this is what the ultimate goal, but mm. we had to condition society to the idea, the concept of this first, because it goes straight from uh, you know your your discman to an iPhone would kind of be. Might yeah. be a culture shock, so I right. feel like just kind of slowly getting people used to the idea of this handheld device, and then introducing the phone, and then it's like they wouldn't care about lowering their prices because they care about the did, new they, product. Did you, so, so, wait, so you think that this was already a master plan when they? I'm, I'm, I mean, possibly. Like the day when they said, "Okay, we're going to introduce." We, the end goal is to have one device that has everything: everything. A phone, yeah. everything, media. But before we get there, we're going to start with this device and then this device, and, and you make more device. money that way because you could slowly because everybody right. has to rebuy new stuff every time. Right. I mean, that's the way I feel like I would think. And by 2013, I, you know, it'll be dead and we'll be rich. So the iPhone came out. The first generation came out in 2001. When was your first iPod? Probably 2000. One. So you had the first generation? I had the second generation. Second actually. generation? What about you? What about you guys? Uh, 2001. Okay. Yeah. I got the second generation second also, generation. so it was about 2001, 2002. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. What about you? I had probably the second generation. Right. Like 2002, 2003. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You got rid of my, uh, my, that Zune player never took off. And then, never. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that Microsoft Zune joint was like, they were trying so hard, but no. Um, I mean, they did a great job. I mean, look, like I said, it revolutionized everything. And I had... Every version of the Discman ever. I had, you know, I'm, I go back to Nando's day and the Walkman. You know, I, you know, I had every, my day. Thanks for yeah. labeling my day. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, no, but I, you know, I had, I had, I had all the Walkman. I had all the Discman when they got smaller and smaller and smaller to yeah. the point it was like it's just the size of a CD. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's perfect. You know, and then you had to carry like a backpack of, of CDs with you everywhere. But so it was really, it was really great for music lovers like myself. But yeah, I don't know, man. It's it, 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 I have no use for it whatsoever. I, I, I can see that people use it in their cars sometimes if you if you want to port the music in your car. But even yeah. that, even that is obsolete now with with some of the, the cars and some of the ways the radios are coming out. Yeah. People, you know, some uh, DJs, if you will, will bring it, you know, to play to play some stuff, which is wack, well. Here's but. a question because because the iPod, everyone says that the iPhone pretty much is replacing the iPod. Do you? I I personally don't put a lot of music on my iPhone because I like to keep it. I like to keep the memory open for apps. I'm, I'm just like you. I'm just like you. I don't do that either. So then what is the reason why the iPod, if it's not really the iPhone, because because iPod's mainly for music. The iPod Touch is also for apps. I'll get that. I'll, I'll give you that. You know, I would choose an iPhone over an iPod Touch. You know, uh, if I had, if I, if money wasn't an object, I'd choose the iPhone. But I think you got to consider the the growth and expansion of technology. So right now, as yeah. the current generation iPhone that we know of, we want to keep the space clear because we want to make sure we have enough memory and stuff. But as yeah. you know, flash storage and all these things progress, there's going to be a new generation iPhone with like, oh, now you have 500 gigs of storage yeah. for but this that, that price was my, point. That was my question. You like, know. do you think it'll be a death of the iPod or innovation? I think it'll be, and I think it'll be. A, well, I think it'll be. I, I think it'll be what it was meant to be, and I think it'll go over to the iPhone, and that will be your center. It'll be everything you need in one device, and it'll be affordable. I don't think yeah, they're I'm gonna. A, I'm asking you, will it be a relic, or will we still be using iPods? Oh, no, no, no. They're, I think they're gonna just like they do with all their other products. It'll it'll phase out. They'll be because right. there's no point in continuing to produce this and support this product if you finally have shifted the entire. You know. See, I disagree. I think. I think. I think the iPod's not officially dead yet. I think there's still an, a, oh. another life for it. Because, again, music storage was really important. Storage is important. But I do think the price is too much for what people want. And I, and what I was going to finish off saying, the thing that I think that is destroying the iPod right now, since it's not... I think most people don't have a lot of music on their phones. They have just enough, but not as much as they would on an iPod. I think the thing that is destroying them is stuff like Pandora, like radio, like all mm-hmm. those streaming yeah, yeah, music yeah, devices. Streaming devices. Yeah, Spotify, all of those. Because you can get those on your phone. You don't need to carry uh, a lot of memory for them. 
And you and don't need you to do sync, sit down and sync and you know load your phone up before you go somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can and see I, that I, happening. I, I, no, iPhone radio, iPod radio, mm-hmm. iTunes radio. iTunes yeah. radio. Yeah. iTunes radio. I think Steve Stitcher, all the iPad, all the podcast uh, but then, apps, But too. then but then, consider the, the iCloud. So what if you, instead of syncing to your hard drive, you're syncing all your material to your iCloud. Exactly. And then, you, and then now you're it. streaming straight from your iCloud. So now you're not you, using memory at all. You don't need a hard device, which is which is which is my point. That is Steve me had something to say about it. You guys just covered it. Oh, that's it. Oh, exactly the point I was going to make. The cloud is taking over really what memory was. So right. nobody mm-hmm. puts music on their phone when they have the 3G services, when they can be mm-hmm. anywhere and get any music they want. Right, which is which is very true. And the last thing I'll say about this is it's really technology is all about consolidation, right? You don't, no one wants 15 devices. Like you, right. you do it, back in the day, I used to have mm-hmm. like 15 remotes. Now I got one. You know, I don't want, I don't want an iPod. Uh, you know, an iPad. Uh, this one, I want them all. But you know, I want something that does everything in one. Right. So. That's kind of where I think that's where it's going. And right. I think the real takeover is going to happen when Apple introduces the. Um, I'm not saying that this is really going to happen. Oh, but this, scoop. This is the way I think. <laughs> that's the way I think. I'm like, you know, when they, when they introduce the Apple network, okay. you know, what I'm saying that they like so right. they're supplying the you know the actual network where you don't have to go to Singular, Verizon, whatever. And they're like, no, like. Apple is everything. They're going to yeah. yeah, they'll, they'll, they, they like, may, may the, get into the, oh, yeah. the carrier business is what you're saying. I think they've already bought space probably. Oh, I okay. think I, I'm a conspiracy theorist, you know. Right. So I'm like <laughs> when everybody, you know, it's like when you think about how everybody had to switch from analog to digital television, well, what happened to all that airspace? Right. Doesn't that worry you though? I mean, if No, I mean if they they could find any but if, but if they have their own if they have their own network space, mm-hmm. I mean we already seen that they are firm believers in um, uh, time death. I forgot what the uh, the term is. Uh, planned obsolescence. They're firm believers in planned obsolescence. Right. Your iPhone your iPhone's not going to work for five years. So right. a network when based fully on basically a monopoly with everyone wanting an iPhone and you can only use an iPhone with this network. I mean, the prices yeah. are going to get ridiculous. I mean, peop- it's going to be a little bit crazy. I don't the prices are already ridiculous. I mean, if you go back to the, if you go think back to the '90s and and then take any device from right now back to the '90s and say this is how much it costs. I mean, someone would be like that is ridiculous. I think that that's not. Gonna, I mean, I, I I think that's not going to happen. Lemieux based based on I think FCC and the, fe- the federal government will step in and not let that happen from a monopoly standpoint. Exactly. You see the same thing happening in cable like cable television. The, the Rupert Murdoch's of the world who own. You know, multiple um, cable networks and multiple newspaper entities. Same thing with Comcast and some of these other like giant conglomerates. You can't really, you can't control the content and and be the content provider and be you know the the in, in placing your own content and then sell the devices. You can't really do all that because in that case it is a monopoly. And you know, yeah, I'm planned obsolescence. They'll they'll just yeah you know, we'll, we'll we'll be all slaves to Apple. And just to ra- a- just to wrap it up, like I will never ever buy iPod again. And I don't think anyone at this table is foaming at the mouth to get one. No. So. Right. Cool. All right. Well, yeah, then, and then. Fair enough. So the, the last thing, just last quick news story, we'll hit it really quickly, is just I just want to talk about Vivo really quickly because Vivo is, uh, has made a, another announcement. They made a big announcement. They're, they're making it, they're doing a huge, huge update overhaul of the site itself. And um, they're in beta right now. I think actually launches today. Is it today? I think it's today. Yeah, that they, that they launched There's the, the new and improved Vivo, and Vivo is really like has has sort of quietly, somewhat quietly, kind of changed the game in terms of how we view music, listen to music. We talk this is a music oriented show, but like you know, you know, in my day, I grew up with MTV. Um, Nando grew up with with. Uh, you know, <laughs> <never mind. laughs> Nando grew up with Nando grew up with radio. <laughs> Radio, no smoke signals, <laughs> no, dude. Right. Come on, man. No, no, but like, so there's, and, and you know, the whole 
music industry is sort of based on being able to, you know, the, the, the music is here. Once once you create the music, how do you market the music? Music videos are created as a marketing tool. MTV is, is created as a place to sort of show this show this tool. Uh, now networks like MTV uh, don't really play that many videos anymore. Uh, the place where we get all of our music videos. I haven't, I haven't seen a video debut on television that I've seen in, I can't remember the last event thing I saw on cable or on TV. It's all been online. So whether it's YouTube or, or Vivo, and Vivo has really captured that space. And they've taken it over with uh, some different channels and different things that they do. But now they've launched this thing where they're going to be really more of a network. They launched their Vivo TV, which are going to separate things in the country and pop and, and, and hip-hop and R&B. They are, you know, really kind of like, like Spotify, focusing on different pages, artist pages and everything else. They also are doing things like uh, making it more of a social network where you can share. So it's kind of a Spotify meets YouTube. Meets MTV. Uh, meets MTV. Yeah. And I think this launch is, it, it's kind of a quiet launch. It's in beta now, but I think, you know, in like a year, it's going to be like a change to gamer. I don't know. I mean, do you, do you use Vivo Radio? Uh yeah, I I do use Vivo and um and I recently just started checking out you know with the launch of Revolt as well I think Revolt was was pretty cool too so I'm wondering okay. if it's like they're kind of competing like Vivo saw something like okay let's go ahead and do this now so right. we can make sure we're we can compete with whatever this could potentially be right I, don't know. I definitely agree with that because Revolt was de- had been developed for at least two years before you know it came out and mm-hmm. so I think Vivo. They've been discussing, you know, this this strategy for about a year now. Mm-hmm. So I definitely agree with them trying to compete and, and dominate that marketplace. It, I mean, what, it makes sense. I mean, why wouldn't you? Exactly, you would, would want to just come back and you know, if you and if you and you have the household name already, like everybody knows. Yeah, they have, they yeah. have a brand and they got they have a lot of ad money. Right, they have a lot of ad money. Right, right. So we'll see. I mean, this is just something to keep an eye on because I think it's sort of it's a, it's a, there's a, there's a lot of there's not a lot of fanfare about this about this, but I feel like it's going to be. Uh, something to, that will that will change, continue to change the game. I mean, you got to think too, like like a music video, like a Rihanna video, can get hundreds of millions of views. Like, yeah, think mm-hmm. about what that means to a to an advertiser. Well, yeah, well, this is. I mean, this is we we live in a world of social equity right now. Like everyone's really about getting social equity, so it's not about like uh, so much about. Uh, well, it's, it's as much about units sold because units sold equals you know money in your pocket mm-hmm. but that social equity if i have 10 million views exactly. then i can go command i can get ad dollars i can get pretty much anything i want that's with money 10 in your pocket that's yeah. also money in your pocket mm-hmm. so uh this is just another way to help that the question will be what's going to happen to it, it also speaks to sort of like you know youtube seems to be a place for the emerging audience uh, 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 artist you know youtube is a place where you see their youtube awards and they're really trying to focus on emerging people finding new talent emerging artists Whereas Vivo seems to be established artists. Like yeah. We're going after the big names. We right. want Katy Perry and Kanye and everyone else and Britney Spears. So we'll see uh, you know, if Vivo really sort of squashes out these, these uh, emerging artists or if it's all going to be about the top people. But we'll see how that shakes out. I also really want to quick, quickly for UT Radio. I want to talk about Nexus 5. Uh, it's a very quick product review. Yeah. Because uh, I have well, no, uh, <laughs> in order to review it, we where have is it? it. Where is it? Where is it? You got it down there? Uh, it, I have I have the Apple version of it. Uh, oh, I okay. see. <laughs> <laughs> I see. The Apple version of it. But, no, fine. this is a pretty big story because right. Google uh, Google pretty much uh, yesterday released a new phone, the Nexus 5. And it's, uh, it's actually a really good upgrade. All the reports have been very, very positive about this. And it's also coming out with the Android, the, the iOS for Android uh, 4.0. For, which they like to name it after uh, food or candy. So this one, and and you know, it's fitting to release it on Halloween yeah. and call it Kit Kat. Yeah. So right. uh, so the operating system is called Kit Kat, and there's a lot that's going on. 
fun here with it. Uh, first of all, the first big thing uh, for anybody who's really into these kinds of phones and not really an Apple fan and wants an Android phone, uh, the price for this is going to be great. The price without a contract is three forty nine for sixteen gigabytes and three ninety nine for thirty two. Just to double it, because three and that's without a contract. It's almost half of yeah. iPhone. Yeah. Also, uh, previous versions of the Nexus have usually had a subscriber uh, exclusive, kind of like Apple used to have with AT and T. So this one's a little bit more open. Uh, right now, it's Sprint and T Mobile both have it, and Sprint's offering. Um, you know, if you do a two-year contract, they're offering a Nexus Five for one hundred and fifty. Wow. So it's amazing. So really, uh, Google is really trying to make this reachable for more people. They really want to make this phone work, and it's really, really good. The the reviews for KitKat so far is great. Uh, the search applications that was one of their issues. Search applications have been a lot more huge. It's a lot easier to search. You can pull more items out. That was something that also Apple fixed in their recent um, iOS as well. Uh, but it, it's an important thing. Also, the processing power of it and the memory of it to, to operate is also been uh, improved on. So one other reason why KitKat's been released and why they're making a big deal about KitKat is because there are a lot of low-end Android phones. And again, I think the one problem with Android phones as opposed to Apple is that there's so many different versions of phones out there that operate the system and they're not as consistent. KitKat is made to run on pretty much all those older ver- versions of phones. It's being rolled out in 10 countries. Some of those countries have lower lower end versions of of uh of Android phones. So KitKat is meant to run on all of these and to improve their capacity and to prove their performance. Good. So it's really, really an uh, interesting story. And uh, Verizon is the only one right now that's opting out on the Nexus 5. So if you have Verizon, which uh, I'm not sure a lot of people do, it's one of the nation's largest, it is the nation's largest, I believe, believe provider. Uh, Verizon's opted out. AT&T is not selling uh, the Nexus 5. However, uh, you can buy it someplace else. You can buy it on Best Buy or whatever and uh, and actually use it on the AT&T network. So at least you okay. you have that option. You can't buy one, you can't get one discounted AT&T, but you could still get one. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, as far as that, it just got released yesterday. Uh, perhaps if we can get our hands on it, we'll do a more extensive review on sure. it right now. But uh, but it's something to keep in mind. And also, actually, if you do have a Nexus, uh, a Samsung Galaxy Nexus, for some reason, there's a story that just came out today about it, that uh, KitKat doesn't work on that phone. So mm. there still are issues. Uh, I guess there's a Texas Instrument chip or something like that. They're, yeah. they're making some excuse that uh, they're too new to upgrade. But... It, it I sounds cannot, like it's a I cannot take that that name seriously. <laughs> KitKat. 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 Well, they've had like ice cream. They've had previous versions of it all like that. I, this, this, this is why. This is why I don't. Could F you take? With. Could you take uh, iOS Lion, Mountain huh? Lion, or all those other cat that, names? That sounds very majestic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, an, I'm an Apple apologist. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. a diehard Apple dude. We got a bunch of Apple fans right, here. No, it's fine. Yeah, so, good luck. Good luck, yeah. KitKat. I'm sure the KitKat is awesome. Sure, it's fantastic. <laughs> all right, so Sweet. we have a guest. We have, as we talked about, as he's been chiming in all all day. We have a guest. We have uh, my man Radio uh, Troy Johnson Radio, who is a uh, fantastic producer, music producer, musician, artist. Um, he's worked with uh, countless, countless, countless people in the game, including Will Smith and um, I don't know J Lo, uh, J Lo, Nappy Roots, Tupac, whole bunch of stuff, man. A whole whole bunch nice. of stuff that you've heard and we like. And, uh, you know, we want to have him in today to talk about not just music and not just where music is going and where it's been, but just sort of the tools, the tools of music. When we talk about we're, we're a tech show, we're a nerd show, we're a geek show. We want to talk about uh, sort of like, you know, the, the tools that, that we used to use to record music versus what we're using now. Um, and we'll, we'll get into all that. But first, I want to give a little bit of background. I mean, you, 
Uh, you know, you, oh, there you are. Look at you. Oh, anyway. nice screenshot. You're watching, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, there's a screenshot though. But, uh, but we, you Sweet. know, so you're, you're a producer as, as we know, and, um, we know that you've been in the game for a while. Your, your, your father is George Johnson of the, the legendary George Johnson of the legendary brothers Johnson. For those of you who don't know who that is and anyone who's younger than Nando and myself. Who don't know who the Brothers Johnson is? They, they <laughs> straw, strawberry Letter Twenty Letter Twenty Three and Stomp and a bunch of other hits and classics that I grew up with that are fantastic. So, um, so your your dad is George Johnson, yeah, and you're a producer, yes. So when when did you get interested? When did you know that you wanted to be a musician or in in, in the game? Uh, probably some point in my past life. In your past life, yeah. Pre, just, pre, I mean, it was just like it was just it was just that was it. You know, there was I mean, I was in the. Um, in the crib, my, my mom and, and pops used to tell me. I mean, I, I, I would get put sleep, put, put asleep to the Thriller cassette. I had a cassette deck at one end of my crib before I could even walk, and I would scoot over and control the cassette deck, press play, rewind. I know it sounds ridiculous. Wow. I'm a nerd. I, yeah. So oh, wow. yeah, crazy. I was like in the crib and would scoot over and rewind, and you know. And then my dad, he always tells a story how I used to um, tap my feet to the beat like he'd be in the studio oh look at that that's, that's a better picture that's, yeah. that's cool I like that <laughs> oh yeah my uncle yeah that's that's my uncle Lewis right there he went on to play um, bass on every Michael Jackson record right so, so, like, so Lewis is famous for he yeah, has every famous bass line from PYT it's to, like to Billie Jean all, it's like so even other records like like I didn't know like he and he also wrote on like a lot of records he, like Anita Baker Sweet Love like I found this out oh, later really? I was like what that's crazy wow. like that's yeah I was like man that's, that's, that's your prom that's your prom song right now yeah. <laughs> right yeah yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure Sweet love. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so, what was your, what was your first word? Tape. My first word was tape. Wow. Um, I have this crazy this crazy infatuation with tape. Um, you know, I don't know. It's just like this this analog thing with me. But um, but yeah, that was my, that was my first word. Tape. And and my aunts, they always tell this joke when I would race. I would always say, "On your mark, cassette." Go, you, you guys get this joke. <laughs> On your mark, cassette, cassette go. Like yeah. that was my thing. <laughs> That's cool. So I, I saw a picture of you that we that we have. Uh, I think as a you in the studio as 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 a, as, a, as a young kid. We have that Lemieux, um, a, a young a young radio. Yeah, is that you? That's me. Okay, That's cool. Me. I got. I actually got. Um, I believe I got a my first credit when I was like. Either in kindergarten or pre, I was like the second engineer on one of my dad's records. Like what? I actually used to like punch my dad and you know he played guitar. So yeah. back then, I mean, we had the auto punch feature and stuff on the tape machines, but you know he didn't have the high end studio or nothing like that. So I kind of it was better for me to. So you know I would so, so watching punch him in watching your dad in the studio. Like what what attracted you to want to produce music? Like, I, I don't even know. You know what though? Honestly, at an early age, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I mean, I knew I was going to be in the studio and I knew it was going to be the creation of music at some point. I didn't know if I was going to be an artist. I didn't know if I was going to be a producer, writer, you know, whatever. I just knew I wanted to be in the studio. And it's funny because I would be, I would have the opportunity to go to these studio sessions and, and, you know, be around these, like, amazing, legendary people walk in and, like, you know, and it's funny because Quincy, used to, he, he used to just laugh at it. He th- he thought Quincy it Jones. Fun. Yeah, Quincy Jones. <laughs> like, Quincy Jones. Like, you know, Quincy. Quincy, Quincy, Michael, and Whitney. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like, I know that first name basis. Yeah, yeah, Jones, yeah, you know, uh, you know, my, uh, <laughs> my child, you know, could slide. No, <laughs> no but, um, no, they used to think it was funny. Like, I was the little kid that was so interested in the equipment and the technology, and as soon as I'd walk in, it's like, I'd see all these amazing legendary people, you know, the people we know as now, it's like these legendary figures. And, you know, I just, honestly, I didn't give a shit because I'm going to talk to, the, like, the engineer guy, you know, that's just, like, operating the board of the tape machine, you know, and I'm just like, oh, what's that, what's that? And they're like, and they think, they would think it's so funny. They're like, this little kid, like, 
that's all he cares about. He's just in here. He doesn't. Bo- I didn't bother anyone. I wasn't ob- obnoxious trying to touch everything. Right. You know what I mean? I just I would literally I'm a sponge and I would just sit there you and just would observe, watch. Yeah. yeah, and I would watch and learn. And then they thought it was funny because <laughs> they would teach me to do something and then they would like let me do it. And every time I like I'd punch in or do something, they'd be like, oh, "That's great!" Like they get a kick out of it. Like it's kind of like you know you watch a little you know one of your 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 kids you know two year old operate an iPhone for the first time. Like oh they like they actually know what they're doing. It's, yeah. You know it's the same kind of thing except it's dinosaur technology. Technology. Well, that, that's the thing. This is technology back then. I mean, let's talk about what was what was state of the art. Looking at that studio right there. So, you know, I imagine as a young kid, I was the same way as as, as, a, as a young kid. You gra- you gravitate towards like knobs and all yeah. the technological stuff. So, what was it, it, what what was, what was some of the state of the art technology back then? I mean, talk to me about like how they recorded music. And back, back then, in the day. let's 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 say back then when you were eight or nine. Nice. Uh, <clears throat> let's see. Um, well. Okay, so like that picture right there that just popped up, that's pretty, you know, that's that's definitely a state of the art in terms of uh, what you can get in the compact form. Because everything back then was gigantic. Like to get something like a good quality sound, you had to have big old tape machines, big old mixing, you know, boards and all that stuff. And and the emergence of the, um, you know, some of the, the decks that were more, um, you know, geared towards the, the, the I guess, pro consumer i guess i don't know like that mm-hmm. mid you know people that couldn't afford the big thing but yeah. right in the middle so that's that eight track uh that um you know that's something that a lot of people got like tiac and, and Tascam in particular those two companies kind of revolutionized um you know kind of like garage they were like the garage band of of that era and they introduced something that the lower end people you know musical creators can can have access to as well and, and be able to enter into that part of the process, you know, um, without having to spend tons and tons of money in studio. So that was kind of state of the art. And the only thing that separated something like that to the big studios is like the introduction of computers, not in the sense that we know now, but, you know, some of the boards would have computers on board. And that's where like that's my have question. Like, tell me, tell me the workflow that you would have in, in that. In so that in, that's, at, in that studio, which was something like my first studio, something kind of I had a four track studio when I was like eight, something like that. And. It was like a four track studio when you were eight. Yeah, wow. and and I was it was it was crazy. Like, like my Christmas list was ridiculous. Like I was like I want Santa Claus to bring me a twenty four track you know Studer and SSL. Like you know, and I mean that's like five hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment. And I really I was just like no Santa's gonna bring it. Like that's it's Santa. Know. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I never got it. That's how I knew Santa was. No, I'm gonna ruin it for all the. No, Come on. <laughs> nah, but um. No, but I, yeah, my, my dad, it's funny, my, my mom, it was funny, my mom, like, she knew that it was a good thing that I loved this shit, but she also was just like, like, what in the hell, like, my dad would just go to a pawn shop and buy me some shit, like, right. that was not cheap, you know, like, to buy your eight-year-old, like, a three, and this is before iPods and all that, mm-hmm. now it's normal to buy your 10-year-old a $300, you know, right. but back then it was like a $400 tape machine, what are you doing, like, why are you, you know, and I'd be so, like, excited, you know, or like, a pair of speakers, and I, I would slowly build this little studio, you know, it's like a little four-track, you know, a little small setup, and it's like, every birthday or Christmas or if I did good in school, you know, my dad, and he, it'd always be my dad, he'll just take me, he'll just, cause that's how it had to, that's how it had to work, like, cause, you know, my mom kinda, she didn't want me to be spoiled, you know what I mean? Right. And my dad would just take me to the pawn shop, whatever, and just, after school, you know, just buy whatever. And so my workflow and that kind of thing was like a very, like, one at a time, like, here's the, I didn't have a drum machine, um, I would beat on, like, tables and stuff with a microphone and I would like lay my drum track first and then I'd have like this miniature guitar this miniature bass and I would like play you know very basic chords and stuff and then right. um, 
sort of like I mean it's 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 similar to what we do now you know what I mean where the difference now is you're able to multitask uh, a lot more and a lot quicker and obviously with computer you could jump you know from all different you know with that tape machine right there it's like you start on one song and then you have to rewind or fast forward the tape to do another idea or right. you know it's like it's very slow and you know tedious process um back then the workflow was just like but the good thing about it is it's like it fo- it forced you to focus on the quality of your song you yeah. know so it's like you have to be writing some pretty good stuff to even make it to tape you know well, well talk to me about about the the transition well not the transition but where that was then, and this is now. Now we're in a world of digital and giant, multi-multi-digital track recording yeah, yeah. studios and everything online. Like, talk to me about what a state-of-the-art studio looks like now versus back then. I mean, are- it's in my in my backpack. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, your laptop. <laughs> yeah. Not a state-of-the-art studio. Now, really? no, so, real, real, so it's real, not real. like yeah. if it's next. Do you have a next slide, Lemieux? Like, there's a there's a uh, like this is what. Okay, so the SSL Duality console, and that's like a high end. Like, that's still like your couple hundred thousand dollar you know mixing console shout out to ssl uh got a little endorsement by them but um i have to just throw that out there <laughs> right. um yeah that that console is like really really like high-end and, and a lot of those um consoles are being used for like movie productions and that kind of thing because right. i mean you don't have to do that but there is a certain quality difference between staying just because technology is ever evolving where, where my opinion and where we're at right now um I don't think you can um, accomplish the uh, the the quality um, strictly in the digital domain that you could potentially get in either a hybrid system where it's analog and digital or right. just analog in general. Because the difference is, is like with analog, um, and a lot of people may know this, is like when you're dealing with analog um, signals, you're dealing with infinite algorithms in terms of capturing this um, frequency spectrum that you're, you know, everything's a frequency, sound is a frequency, so you're, whenever you're trying to, basically it's a, it's a um, capturing the, these frequencies, and with the analog world, it's an infinite, you know, space, well, with tape, there's like a certain level of compression, but it's a lot more than the, the digital in terms of capturing the signal, you right. know, because technology, you know, you got the, your RAM restrictions and all these different things, so, you know, so it's, it, it can be very restricted. I, I have this analogy where I say it's kind of like, um, you know, t- in my opinion, and I've heard some really great mixes just in the computer, just in the box alone. And, and, you know, but I think it depends on what you're dealing with and the, the amount of information you're putting in there. But I feel like, um, where the technology is today, um, I feel like it's like trying to paint a Picasso on a post-it, right. like there's just not enough, room i think we'll get there and we're getting in every day something new comes out that's like oh this is crazy this is exciting and they're emulating a lot of this stuff but i think um you know when the developers embrace the technology more i think the technology might actually kind of be there already but i think the developers that are developing these softwares and things they're kind of like slowly trying to emulate that this is that's where you have people like you know like like lenny kravitz is all an analog dude you know dave grohl food fighters analog dude absolutely so because they know they 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 know there's a reason why their records sound like that right you know what i mean they're trying to recapture that rich sound you can't you have to like right now you can't recast like at some point you have to use analog you know, signal flow right now to capture right. that certain sound. Now, if you're, you. if you're being innovative, you want to create some new shit that has nothing to do with, you know, then that's dope. I mean, because there's a lot of that going around, too, where it's like new sounds that are like, you know, electronic music, whatever. It's like it might not be 
generating from an analog source, and the, the whole point is to like fuck it up digitally and make it whatever. Let me ask you this: So, what about the old artists that recorded analog that are now, you know, reproducing their CDs or reintroducing their CDs to the marketplace, but they're digitally remastered? What's your take on that? I think um, still the same quality because it was captured initially. Because I mean, I you know, to take it even a step further, I I feel um, you know I can be a little bit on the you know. Uh, energetic side of things you know i think like uh when you're the difference with the analog the, my main difference between analog and, and uh digital is that um you know you have your intention that's set when you're in this creation process it's almost like a spiritual process when you're writing and creating songs you know what i mean and and i think with the analog devices um because of there's an infinite infinite algorithm of um you know capturing whatever you're putting out you know, I believe everyone has a positive, negative, uh, magnetic charge within them. Everything is, I believe, everything is magnetic around electrical. us, yeah. electrical at yeah. some point. And um, and when you're using uh, this equipment that has an infinite number of, uh, of algorithms to, to capture that performance, you, there's more of an intent that goes into that equipment. And there's more, more of you goes into it on a scientific level that right. can actually capture this direct energy. Whereas if you go straight digital, then it's like... It's limiting the amount that's going into or even I don't even know if it's capturing it at all. But um, I think like with with the remaster of the of the releases, I think what will happen is like the original intent is already there. So if you take something that was already constructed in the analog environment and remaster it digitally, there's still all of that information there and all you're doing is just like, you know, making it better quality. We, great answer, we, great answer. That's a great answer. We are, we are all just about out of town, but we, so we have like one last very, like 30 seconds of this, of this, of this thing, but I want to get to the, the philosophical thing about sort of like, you know, artists, like you, you, you're, you're an artist who, who, you're a producer who plays all instruments and, and do their mm -hmm. things too. The whole notion of, being that type of producer versus this sort of beat maker producer. I mean, I, I don't know if you can get into the, the pros and cons of that, but, um, you know, I don't know. Is that, is that I mean, I, to open that one up, I think it would require a little bit more discussion. Yeah, well, well, actually, you know what? Honestly, we'll, 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 we'll bring you back. Can we we want to bring you back, actually, because we we I want to get yeah. into a deeper dive on okay. all the rest of that stuff because yeah, there's yeah. so much to get into. So uh, hopefully we can come back. You can come back in the next in the next couple of weeks, if not next week. Yeah, but. I'm going to try. It. I'm going to get my pops down, see if he can come down. Awesome. Oh, okay. Well, then good. We'll do, we'll do a Johnson, a father's son. <laughs> yeah, that'll be yeah, dope. That'll that'll be be awesome. Awesome. Let's, let's do that. So in the meantime, that's it for us. We're going to get out of here. Nando Vell, where can we find you, sir? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nandovell and yeah. also on some various shows uh, podcasts on AfterBuzz oh wherever that is wherever <laughs> that is yeah. and, uh, and, and you can follow me also on Twitter and Instagram at Akili Shine A-K-I-L-I Shine and uh, doing great work man check me out please cool and where can we find you Troy uh, Instagram and Twitter at Radio R8DIO cool and then you can find me at Twitter on Twitter at Joe K Braswell on Instagram at Joe Braswell uh, check me out on AfterBuzz and uh, Grantland.com and that's it. We'll see you next week on Geek Nerd Tech. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Bill Svitek, Dario Kristen, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network. If you have questions or comments, tweet us at BHL Online or email us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com. For more exclusive content, visit blackhollywoodlive.com. This has been a presentation of the Black Hollywood Live Network. I have a phone. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.